In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. This is Matt Hooper, Autopsy Report, female victim, Caucasian, identified as Carla Kakowski. Oh. <laughs> Did you just kill me off Wait, the first 30 seconds? probably more. It's probably more. <laughs> you can be a victim of many things. Uh, the... Uh, the hands are uh, in a uh, frozen position as if uh, perpetually texting. Um, the uh, the mouth is wide open in disgust. Um, the, uh, the eyes also wide open as if someone made her watch 100 movies. This was no boating accident. Uh, <laughs> what kind of monster... What kind of monster put this woman through this? Can I get a glass of water? <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's uh, it killed me off. <laughs> well, it's, it's you were a victim of the movie. Right. You were not a victim of yeah. Okay. I never said you were dead. Good point. That's true. <laughs> I did say autopsy, which <laughs> that is true would indicate that. But uh, <laughs> I reject my statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's time for Jaws. <laughs> that was originally how the movie started, right? But it tested poorly. Oh, Where after the girl gets killed yeah. in the beginning, the shark turns to the camera and says, Hey guys, it's time for Jaws. <laughs> they had a hard time looping the shark's voice perfectly with the, uh, the mouth. Yeah. You know, and then, the tension. And <laughs> Spielberg decided to create a little more tension by Having a shark that didn't work. Having a shark that didn't work. Uh, so that big moment of, uh, hey guys, it's time for Jaws. <laughs> did not make it in. Uh, guys, this is Craig's List episode 51. Uh, Carla, you are halfway through the list. Officially? Yeah. You are officially halfway through the list. Congrats. I can't believe I've been doing it for Cues. so long. Fitty movies down, fitty movies to go. I'm really following through with the commitment here. Yes. And no bad movies from here on out, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> All killer, no filler. Whoa. And to help us celebrate the midway point of our podcast, we have our first return guest. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you know him mostly from his appearance on our Lenny episode. Right. Uh, many, many episodes ago. Uh, but he needs no introduction. It's Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. Where are my Tomcats at? <laughs> Stop trying to make that happen. Cats. <laughs> One more appearance. It's gonna pa- work. Paul, if I know two things about you, mm-hmm. uh, and I do, it's that you love the Twilight Zone. True. And you love Jaws. That is also true. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> uh, what, what's your history with the movie Jaws? I saw this movie. First, I read the book Jaws when I was a child. You read the book what? before seeing the movie? I read the book the before movie. seeing the movie. I remember, I remember my mother talking about it. 
her happening upon me reading a book. And she said, what are you reading? And I said, Jaws. <laughs> and she thought that was hilarious. Um, and my dad took my younger brother and I to see the movie. Um, when it was first released? I think when it was first released. In 75. Was it 75? It probably was still in theaters in 76. I remember it was yeah. in theaters for a long time. It was, yeah. For a long time. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, even though I was a little kid, I loved it. I loved it. I didn't know it was based on a book. Yeah. Oh. Peter Benchley wrote the book. Peter Benchley also appears briefly as a television reporter oh. in the movie. Yeah. Peter Benchley wrote a lot of nautical themed thrillers. Yes, he did. Inclu- the Deep. Including The Deep. Famous for uh, <laughs> boys know what it's famous for. Boys know what it's famous for. What? Uh, Jacqueline Bissett's uh, uh, t-shirt, wet yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. She goes into the ocean. She goes on a dive, wearing just like a wife beater right. t-shirt. Yes, I've heard of this. Um, and no brazier. Right. <laughs> Wait, why is he famous for that, though? <laughs> well, no, he's he, not famous for that. Oh. He's famous for writing nautical adventures. I see. He the wrote deep, The Deep. Yeah, the movie The Deep is famous for that scene. I see. And that okay. scene only. Yeah. All Nick right. Nolte yeah. was in it? I believe <laughs> Nick Nolte. <I'm, laughs> I know Robert Shaw was in it. Robert Shaw was also yeah. in that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Same character? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was not a prequel. No. Okay. Uh, so you were not incredibly traumatized by seeing this movie at such a young age? Uh, apparently not. And I mean, it's not like I was immune to being scared as a child. Mm-hmm. I certainly was. And there was plenty of stuff that, you know, I remember seeing a commercial for Last House on the Left that traumatized me for quite a long time. Um, but this movie, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just an inherent love of the sea that <laughs> got me through it but or if maybe i just like the adventure aspect of it just really carried me along i think one of the things we'll talk about is how skillfully this movie manages lots of different tones throughout yeah, and absolutely. it's got comedy drama action horror just mm-hmm. about everything mm-hmm. is in there Carla, you weren't sure. You thought you actually were pretty sure that you'd seen this, but you I've were conflating it. it with every other Jaws movie yeah, in your I mind. I think I saw all the Jaws sequels before I saw this one. Wow! Like they were just on TV. Or Jaws two. When I was a kid. Isn't there one where it's just the wife? Yeah, and- that's Jaws: The Revenge, I believe. And this it's time it's personal. Like, yeah, exactly. And yeah. the shark like the knows sharks them and kids is after follow them. them to uh, to Florida, maybe yeah, somewhere yes. else. It's like the Caribbean. I guess I think to that's why Caribbean. Michael Caine took the job. Yes, to go to the Caribbean. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, so Michael Caine was in that one. Michael yeah. Caine is in Jaws: The Revenge. There's also Jaws 3D, which I believe has Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid. Louis Gossett cool. Jr. and Louis Gossett Jr. I don't think I've seen yes. that one. I saw that. Uh, that was the first Jaws movie I saw on the big screen. I saw it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and it's terrible. Uh, I have not seen Jaws the Revenge or Jaws 2. I believe Jaws 2 does have Roy Scheider and yeah. Lorraine Gary uh, playing his wife. I've seen uh, Jaws again. 2. Yeah. Does he die in that one? No. Am I allowed to say? Ask. <laughs> You're allowed to ask and I'm allowed to say. He does but he not dies die before the third one because she's alone, right? I guess he has an off, off-screen death at some point, I guess. <laughs> yes. Okay. Roy, Roy Scheider wisely pulling out of the Jaws sequel yes. at, yeah, at yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. point. Yeah, Spielberg yeah. had nothing to do with uh, with any of the sequels. Right. Uh, yeah, this is a 1975 film directed by Steven Spielberg, his second theatrical release, his third, uh, feature film after all, uh, overall. After all. After all, it was his third feature <laughs> film. At the end of the day, this was his third feature film. <laughs> what were his first two? Uh, Duel, uh, which was oh, made for TV. Made for TV, yeah. 
and then the Sugarland Sugar Express. Express. Never saw that. Uh, I never saw that either. Oh. Duel is great. Really? Duel yeah. is great. Duel it's is a man great. being a chased thing? by a truck. A truck. Thing. The entire movie is Dennis Weaver uh, is a is, is driving somewhere in the hills of California, and then he angers some trucker. <laughs> Somehow offends this guy. A, a faceless trucker. You never see the guy. I don't think you only no. see this gigantic eighteen wheeler that's terrorizing this guy on the road. Cool. That and it, cool. it should not be as exciting as it is. Yeah. But. Uh, Mr. Spielberg, who I think was 23 at the time that he oh made gosh. Duel, he was 27 at the time he directed Jaws. He knows a thing or two about building suspense. Mm-hmm. I yes. think, like, uh, he did a pretty good Why job. Do cool stuff anymore? <laughs> like watching this, I was like, wow, this is so scary. Yeah. Did you have a problem with the BFG? Not scary enough for you? The what? The B- <laughs> The big fucking giant. The big fucking giant. <laughs> Hey, you see that uh, BFG? <laughs> that big fucking giant over there. Oh, yeah. big fucking giant. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I believe that was his last. Oh, I didn't realize that was him, film. by the way. Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Did the BFG. Is that a real movie? Yeah. Based <laughs> it on a, is. is it based on a Roald Dahl book? It's based on a Roald Dahl book, oh. uh, and it stars Mike Rylance as the... Mark Rylance. Who that? Mark Rylance. Did you as... call him Mike Rylance? <laughs> hey, I know, Mike I know Rylance. Mike. He's in the big fucking Mike giant. Rylance. The big fucking giant over here. Uh, yeah, he plays the titular BFG. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a bad movie. Yeah. Okay. I've you you missed it. nothing. Uh, and I agree that Spielberg should do more thrillers. <laughs> uh, this movie also stars Roy Scheider as Chief Brody. Mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus, uh, also 27, I believe, when he made what this movie. What an adorable little boy. <laughs> I f- Did you not feel like it was maybe a hard 27? Like when you think yeah. of a 27-year-old now, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, did you just graduate high school? Yeah. And then you look at this guy. It's like, wow. Yeah, like like pushing 40, 27 pushing 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that of Roy and his wife too. I was like, I bet they're supposed to be like 32 or whatever, but they look like they're almost 50. <laughs> That's a really good question because the character of Matt Hooper that Richard Dreyfuss plays is definitely supposed to be a young yes. you know, guy. Young punk. Right. Um, but Roy, Sh- yeah, Chief Brody, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. He's adult. <laughs> he's got age. two little boys. <laughs> yeah, two little boys. Yeah. There were a lot of people in this movie, older parents of very small children. Yes, yes. <laughs> mother. It's a weird theme. Yes. It's yes. a weird, <laughs> that I never really noticed until this viewing. Yes. For sure. And that, I think it's- that was like the grandmother, right? Of that kid that got eaten. No, no, that's I Alex know, but- Kintner's mom. But yeah, she looks like the grandmother. And is the guy she's with her dad? Is that the grandfather of the I boy? I believe that's the grandfather, yeah. I Unless would- that's her husband or her older son. No. <laughs> <laughs> Could be her older son. I don't want He's to home from college. Yeah. I think this is because Spielberg had no kids at the time and just uh, <laughs> thought of parents as being really old. Right. I think. Weird. Yeah, that was weird. But then also that older couple on the beach that the mayor convinces to like go in the water. Like, are those their kids or their grandkids? They yeah, have I know. Three little kids. Those are small children, yeah. and those people look old. Yeah. But they might have been thirty years old. <laughs> Uh, but everybody looked older back then. It's true. Yes. And uh, Robert Shaw, who was 29. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he was older than that. Uh, Robert Shaw as Quint. Mm-hmm. Uh, crusty old fisherman. Mm-hmm. It's three great performances. And the thing I'm, I'm struck by, especially on this viewing, because I've, I've seen this movie a million times. Mm-hmm. And um, Roy Scheider is so good. Yeah. He's so good. He's like so rock solid and such a real person. Yeah. And all these, you know, that it's still got that 
it's got that 70s movie vibe, which I really love. That's very naturalistic and mm-hmm. the overlapping dialogue. And there's a lot of real human moments. And he plays that stuff so well, whether yes. it's like just talking on the phone or like <laughs> – I love that they left in he he's in the hardware store and he picks the brush out and the thing the whole canister of brushes falls over yeah. you know his yes. reaction is perfect yes. it's like cuz it's clearly the actor just not yeah. knocking out a bunch of brushes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's just he's just such a human being he's he's amazing in this yeah and you really invest in this movie because he feels real, yeah. which then gives Robert Shaw permission to chew the scenery a little more, yeah. you know, and for uh, Richard Dreyfus to be Dreyfusy yeah. in it. But yeah, they're three amazing characters, and you put those guys on a boat together, like you get a lot of entertainment. I love how Richard Dreyfus laughs at things that aren't supposed to be funny. Like, that's such an interesting. <laughs> they're all, all going to die. Yeah, exactly. It's like such a nervous kind of weird laughter. It works so well. It's a very 70s laugh. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. It is. <laughs> Carlo Watergate was in full swing at the time. You know, Everybody it was a more was cynical time. Okay. That's right. Yes. Right. Cynical laugh for a cynical time. <laughs> uh, this movie went 100 days over in shooting, which is just ridiculous. They had the hardest time making this movie. It's insane. And it's a miracle that it all came together. Yeah. And you, you just appreciate how – any movie is a little miracle, mm-hmm. but any movie that's actually successful at what it sets out to do is especially a miracle. And the fact that this this is an unproven director, really, like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he pro- he proved that he could direct, but you know, movie studios are in the business of making money, and the idea that this thing went so far over and it wasn't shut down is mind boggling. Yes, you know, because yeah. like maybe if you're James Cameron, you can get away with that, but this guy was he was a child, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They had problems with the mechanical sharks. They they shot uh on uh Martha's Vineyard and on the ocean outside of Martha's Vineyard. Uh and it, it's a terrible idea to shoot at sea. You know, <laughs> you you have salt water that's ruining equipment. You you can't control the sea. They had so many days where they couldn't get any usable footage not only of the shark but of the scenes that they wanted to shoot. Uh also in terms of casting, we were praising the actors. Uh I think uh Charlton Heston was up for Chief Brody at one point. What? Uh, Quint could have been Lee Marvin or Sterling Hayden. Mm-hmm. Sterling Hayden, I think, was was probably going to get it, but he was in tax exile or something, right? Really? Yeah, he was like he was <laughs> kind of hiding out somewhere. He couldn't come back into the country. Yeah, yeah, and he, he probably would have been pretty good. Uh, but uh, John Voight was up for the Richard Dreyfus part as well, or he was Spielberg's mm. first choice for that. You know? Wow. But, you know, you, you can't imagine anybody other than these three guys yep. in, in this role. So when you go to Universal Studios and they're like, this is where Jaws was filmed, they're lying to you. I don't think they're claiming that's where Jaws was filmed. I think they are. I don't – well, no. I don't think they say this is where Jaws was filmed. I think it's all – they talk, start talking about Jaws because it's a Universal release and then that's to get the – the plastic shark to come out of the right. pond. Wait. And they're like, well, here we are going through uh, Amity Island. We're safe you know? here. No we're problems safe here. at all. There was an issue a year ago with a shark, but I think were you we're a okay. Tour guide for Universal? Um, okay, so maybe they didn't literally say it, but don't 
don't they kind of make it seem like that? Like, don't they want you to think that? I, yeah, I'm I'll sh- buy that. I'm I'll sure they that. want you to think that everything really happened there, yes, <laughs> to make it more exciting. So it's just a little confusing, that's all. Now, the little village on the Universal lot where they do have the, the Jaws attraction that uh, mm-hmm. lamely pump, <laughs> jumps out of the water at it's your – It's not lame. It's scary. At your dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've done this ride with you a few times, so I know you get scared too. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is the village from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> so there, happy. Oh, that's right. That's so right. They do say that. You're Why don't right. they have right. the jaw shark eat Jessica Fletcher? Yeah. <laughs> She'll ride her bike around, and then the shark comes out and snatches her. <laughs> Angela Lansbury no longer available eight times a day to uh, <laughs> to, to do that attraction. Yeah, she did it for a while. But okay, so now and yet Anthony Perkins is still appearing in front of the Psycho House say. every day. <laughs> every day. Every is that where they shot for Psycho? Years. But is that where they shot Psycho? That, I think they did, right? That is the Psycho House. Oh, that's that's the, so confusing, you guys. Yeah, that's and the real not, Psycho House. And it's not a two-scale house. It's small. Yes. Right. It's, yeah, it's like a, a tiny, like what, two-thirds size of a house or it's something? It's a tiny like house, that? Carla. So that, oh, yeah, I love <laughs> so that is where they shot Psycho. That is not where they shot Jaws. Great. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, when this movie was released, it was the number one box office hit of all time. It was yep. big. For uh, a long time, right? Two years. Because Star, <laughs> Star, Star, Star Wars, of course, Star Wars of course, trumped yeah. that. And yeah. so I think a lot of- It was in the theater for two years? No, it- I'm sorry, uh, what? It, it held that record. held that record oh, of okay. the biggest box office hit. Okay, but you guys said film. earlier, maybe before we started recording, that it was in the theaters for it a long It was time. in the theaters back, for a while. Back, back then, back. if a movie was doing well, it, it would stay in the theaters forever. Yeah. Star Wars, I remember, I remember the, our local movie theater celebrated the one-year anniversary of Star Wars being on that screen. Wow. It ran for yeah. a year. It ran for at a your year. Local movie wow. Yeah. And I probably saw it five or six times Absolutely. on the big screen yeah. in that first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jaws, I was a little too young to see. And I think I would have been traumatized by it. I remember my parents even telling me when we, they took me to see Star Wars of like, do you think it might be too scary because there's monsters? <laughs> and, and you're you like, know, I don't know, and, Mommy. <laughs> Does Chewbacca count as a monster in Star Wars? I was a little scared by Chewbacca sure. in the ads. Yeah. So, so dumb. So if Star Wars was too scary for me in 77, there's no way I was seeing Jaws right. in 75. Uh it appeared on network TV for the first time in 79, uh, heavily edited, I think, to get some of the gore out of there. And I think I watched some of it then, but maybe fell asleep. I don't think I saw this movie for the first time till I was in my teens, maybe 16 or 17. I right. watched it with a, a group of friends, but I've seen it many times. Oh, but you watched then. the TV edited version when you first saw it? When I first saw it? No, I think we saw it on VHS. Oh, okay. So I think the pure, the pure. Well, the film. VHS was, uh-huh. uh, they were like, mm, mm. coasters, giant coasters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know rectangles? I know rectangles. It was a rectangle that played like movies. a shoebox. <laughs> well, not quite that deep. You know, I know VHS. You know beta, right? Do you know beta? I do know beta. <laughs> Start there. <laughs> I know all the things you're saying. Did your family have a Betamax? Nope. Or VHS? VHS. Mm-hmm. You guys? We had VHS, yeah. We had VHS. All the snobs would tell you that Betamax was the superior format, but uh, Sony didn't license it out. So only you could only play Betamax on a Betamax player. Mm-hmm. And VHS was universal, and so everybody could play so VHS won. tapes. Yeah, it, we no, won. None of it matters. We just got rid of our VCR. <laughs> <laughs> you just did? 
Well, it's been in our attic for a few years. We were holding on to it for a while because I have old Second City shows that are on VHS. You know what? In my garage, I have one of those machines that's supposed to convert. Now it's now even now it's two outdated technologies. It's supposed to convert VHS onto (laughs) disc, and it's like, well, then what am I going to do with all the discs? Right. Yeah. Ugh. And is so, it, do you have like old shows and, and stuff like that? I have that? a few, yeah. Some yeah. stand up sets and stuff like that. Wow. My high school plays. Oh, come on. Put those online. I do. <laughs> Put them online. <laughs> I would watch those. There's a demand. There's a demand. <laughs> uh, but going along with Jaws's popularity at the time, do you remember the hit single, Mr. Jaws? No. Uh, I, I remember, I, I kind of, I do, yes. <laughs> Not so much a single as just like a DJ bit. Because so stupid. It was this guy, Dick, Dickie Goodman, mm-hmm. who I think did a lot of songs that were like this. Yes. Do you not believe this is real, Carla? I'm just thinking how dumb this is. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all as dumb as it sounds. 100%. There was a top five single called Mr. Jaws by Dickie Goodman that was, top it was a, five. it was a comedy bit sing of it, him. Guys, sing it. Well, it's not a song because no. it's him doing an interview live on the beach it, it starts we're here on the beach where a giant shark is just eating a girl swimmer Mr. Jaws how do you feel dynamite yeah. <laughs> and then so this guy pretends to interview the shark and then all the responses are sound drops from TV or songs or whatever it's <sighs> hit singles of That's the time awesome. you know it's terrible um what do you plan to do now uh shake 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 your booty <laughs> <laughs> Paul looks so upset. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> this is what it's like when people who aren't professional comedy people do comedy. <laughs> and so it shouldn't have been successful. I hate it on moral grounds. It's probably just literally looking up what were the top ten singles. And because the yeah. joke the jokes are not even good. No. You know. <laughs> no. I've never seen you look so offended. <laughs> Mr. Jaws. Uh, now, Carla, I uh, never got to go to Martha's Vineyard with you. Oh, right. Do you remember? Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> should I, should I leave? <laughs> Paul, could you step out for a second? Uh, you did break up with me like a week later, if that's what we're talking <laughs> what? about. Oh, my God. <laughs> it wasn't about Martha's Vineyard. But <laughs> <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> I will go there. We're finished. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was visiting what was your point? you. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've always wanted to go to Martha's Vineyard, and this movie reminded me of that. And uh, this is when Carla was working on the boat for Second City. I was not on the boat. I was visiting her. We were dating long distance, and it was not. How long well. had you been dating? <laughs> Two years. Two years. Yeah. And how long, long distance? Five months. Something Five. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was my birthday. Happy oh, birthday. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and the boat was supposed to dock at Martha's Vineyard that day. But the weather was too there bad. Was a, there was a squall. There was a squall. Craig then got off the boat and broke up with me a week later. <laughs> well, a week later? So it had nothing to do with Martha's Vineyard. We didn't talk for a week. <laughs> you brought this up. I, I did. I did. It... It only makes me look bad, you know, because uh, I was. Because I'm so great. Uh, you are so great, and I was a fool. And I, I honestly, I was having a approaching forty uh, midlife crisis. Yes, you're freaking out. That's I was freaking out. I uh, did not want to be uh, in a relationship, and uh, and freaked out. And we were apart for about a year. Yeah. I'm going to be 40 soon. (laughs) (laughs) 
and living in Portland too. Yeah, you know? oh boy. With all those young hotties with their twirly mustaches. <laughs> I don't want to talk about any of this. Like, I, do, I do not want this on the record. Anyway, <laughs> the record. I. <laughs> I would love to go to Martha's. <laughs> is the point. Have you I been might. there, Paul? I've never been. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never been. I feel like, yeah, I think you'd love it there. <laughs> I bet I would. Yeah. I bet I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a, you love the sea? <laughs> I do. I do. I love, I love boats. I love being on the ocean. I like going in the ocean, although I can't do, although I, I, I don't know if maybe this is the, the, the lasting trauma that I suffered from Jaws. The idea of scuba diving, snorkeling, where you're like out in the deep water yes. and you're swimming with a bunch of fish and other sea life does not appeal to me at all. <laughs> I like to look at those things, but I don't want to be <clears throat> in their world. <laughs> so when I go in the ocean, I can only go out as far as I can still stand. I can't like – Yeah. That very. It's been very rare the times that I've gone out further. Um, it just it, – it makes me feel too much – like, it's just not my world, you know? Like a little speck on the whole... Oh, it's life. not even an existential thing. It's like, <laughs> I could just die. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like the speck feeling. Yeah. I like you looking do? at the ocean and having that feeling, yes. Oh, that really it makes overwhelms things, me. Oh, it for me, it makes things seem not as important. The dumb that's things true. that I think are important. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, good a good point. Yeah. Oh, we're meant to be together. You guys are back. <laughs> Martha's Vineyard, here we come. <laughs> like a group trip, the three of us. <clears throat> It'd be so fun. Carla, are you scared of sharks? Uh, No. <laughs> In the movie, yeah. Okay. In real life, no. They, they don't bother you. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't really get scared the of The chances are infinitesimal. Yeah. I, when I'm in the ocean, I don't think, uh-oh, shark. <laughs> I think jellyfish sometimes. Ugh, they suck. They're, yeah. they're bad the news. Point of them? Have you been stung by a jellyfish? <laughs> no, but I know plenty of people who have because I grew up in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> just, I remember yeah. going to the Jersey Shore and mm-hmm. I never got stung by a jellyfish, but there was some – one time we were there and there there had been so many jellyfish that there were just jellyfish parts uh. that were just – so everyone was itchy. <laughs> like you'd get out of the water and you'd just be itchy. Yeah. You, like it wasn't a burning pain, but it was – So these are like the parts of dead jellyfish that still yeah. are maintaining like their sting? tentacles and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I guess it maintained some aspect of that. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh, They're gross. actually very pretty though. Sure. Yeah, From absolutely. a distance. Yeah. Some of them. Not all of them. Okay. I guess it's true about everything, right? What's that? I guess it's true about everything. Some are pretty, not all. It's true. Yeah. What what do you think is the prettiest worm? (laughs) (laughs) A butterfly. Oh! (laughs) Of course, when a worm becomes a butterfly, that... Oh, wait, that's a cat. (laughs) Which is a kind of worm, right? Kind of of a little bit like worm. It's squirmy like a worm. Guys, what... uh, what are some of the ways that Mr. Spielberg creates tension in this, well, this movie? This is an abrupt topic. <laughs> um, I think one of the, also one of the things that, that this movie, that benefits the tension in this movie is that 70s style of movie making where it's, it's pretty spare. And so, um, a lot of the, um, the stuff is quiet, you know, because it's, it's mimicking everyday life. So, yeah. um, things do happen when you do not expect them to happen. Yes. And there, it's not telegraphed. As much as I think modern a, a movie like this made today, everything would be telegraphed so yes. crazily, 
And there's such disdain for the audience being able to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, it's it's a real shame because I I think that it's astonishing that this movie, as old as it is, really holds up in that way. Mm. Yes. You know? Also, I I want to point this out because I for another movie podcast, uh, how did this get made? We watched the movie Deep Blue Sea, uh-huh. which is a '90s shark movie, which is a really terrible movie, and it made me realize Jaws is the only good shark movie to date. <laughs> is Deep Blue yeah. Sea the one where they're on vacation and the the boat leaves without them? No, that's open water. No, that's open, open water. water. Yeah, that's the which had one. some good moments, but overall, I think has some bigger problems. Yeah. It's uh I mean for an indie shark movie, you know. Yeah. Uh Oh, Deep Blue Sea is with Samuel LL Jackson. Cool J. LL Cool J, Samuel Jackson, right. Thomas Jane maybe? Connie Nielsen? No. <laughs> no, not Connie Nielsen. Not Connie Nielsen. Okay. And also not Connie, what's her name? From uh Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, that lady. I know you're talking. Why about Why can't I think of her last name? Connie Connie Britton. Connie Britton. But anytime somebody says Connie Nielsen, I think Connie, Connie Britton. Britton. And then I have to say, no, that's Connie Britton, not Connie Nielsen. So who's the lady in uh, Deep Blue Sea? It is uh, Kate Burton. No. She has a crazier name than that. Okay. It's But she's related to Richard Burton, I believe. Really? Okay. God, she was in a couple movies, and now you don't see her in much anymore. Uh but but Deep Blue Sea has the CGI sharks that are just ridiculous. They're and they can terrible. do they can do anything. Yes. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're experimenting on these sharks because they're doing <laughs> they're doing um uh Alzheimer's research. They're trying to cure Alzheimer's. Right. And so yeah, what they're right. doing is they're making the sharks smarter. Right. So that they can study I want to look up her name because at one point she is uh she's a scientist and I I, I can't remember what the scene is like the the investors are Mad, like somebody wants her to wants them to not do this anymore. What's taking so long? Something like that, and she's trying to indicate how important this research is to her because her father, Saffron Burrows, Saffron Burrows, yes, Saffron Burrows, her father has Alzheimer's, and she says every day when he asks where his wife is, I have to tell him that she's dead, and I watch his heart break over and over again. It's like stop telling him that. (laughs) What what are you doing? Like after yeah. – even first of all, you shouldn't have done it the first time. Yeah. But certainly after that, you should not have repeated that lie. Yes. You, you should not have repeated the truth. <laughs> Just make up a lie. Tell me my dad's dead two times. Shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think it is so grounded and it it reminded me actually Jaws. of another night – Jaws. That it, I'm, no, yes. let's see. It's very grounded. Um, uh, Jaws – Reminded me of another Best Picture nominee from 1975, Nashville, with the overlapping dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, you think Altman's the king of it, but Spielberg's doing a lot of it where he kind of creates a wall of sound. Yeah. And, you know, like when Brody takes the first call on the phone mm-hmm. about the dead girl, and but and then his wife and son are kind of talking in the background and everything, and they're mixed equally, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. so you don't really hear what he's talking about or anything. All the little details of him going around the town and like the petty concerns of a small town. Yeah. Like, this is what it's like to be a small town sheriff on an island, mm-hmm. you know, where, where people's concerns are, you know, bullshit. You I know? think I missed some of his backstory. They're from New York. He's, this is his first summer there. He yeah. He doesn't yes. like the water. Yes. He doesn't like the water, but he felt like, uh, because he'd been a cop in New York and he felt like, it's just there's no. He felt ineffective as a policeman in in a big city. Okay. Um, and where he just saw any 
you know, he couldn't see any progress that he was making in making the city better. And so he felt like moving to Amity, one man can make a difference. And and yet still, he seems very put upon by yeah, <laughs> you know, like the the guy with, with the karate chopped fence um, <laughs> at the beginning. Who is and I I realize a lot of you know on repeated viewings realizing that's Harry, the guy that gives him a hard time on the beach. Yeah. Um, that's him in clothes. <laughs> gotcha. Before, before we see him later. Yeah. That's uh, some bad hat. Is, yeah, Do they explain why he doesn't like water? Did I miss that? I think he's just a city guy. He's a New yeah. York cop. You know, that, that's, that's okay. the concept. Yeah. That and great so- exchange with him when, when they're at the dinner table with Hooper and his wife says, oh, he's just always had this fear of water. It's irrational. It's, uh, what's, uh, there's a clinical name for it. What is it? And he just says drowning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it gives you a good sense that this guy might be in over his head in trying to tackle a shark. Yeah. You know, right. it, it's not that different than kind of going through Silence of the Lambs with Clarice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of like, here's somebody who's competent, you know, they're good at their job, but then also you really feel for them and you really feel like you're in their shoes the whole time. And, yeah. and like Roy Scheider's fear, like when he's out in the ocean is, is legit, you so know, good. and it, it's just like, you know, seeing Clarice's fear as Buffalo Bill stalking her at the end. And again, in, in that comparison, uh, you have a, a hero who is very um, uh, inexperienced, but correct. You know, like right. their instincts are right. And, you know, the I was struck in this viewing by um, Chief Brody's he, he immediately wants to do the right thing mm-hmm. right away. Yes. And he gets talked out of it again and again and again. And he knows like this is a bad idea and does everything he can in his power to to make it happen and is just like overruled by all these People and their, you know, monetary concerns. Particularly Murray Hamilton as the mayor. Yes. That guy. He's so <laughs> good. He's what so a good. Sleaze ball. <laughs> Maybe the most famous cuck in uh, cinema history. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm referring to, no. Carla? Uh, I'm laughing at Paul laughing. <laughs> the most famous cuck in cinema history. Paul just fell back in his chair. Because Murray Hamilton is <laughs> Mr. Robinson oh. uh, from The Graduate. Uh, but yeah, That's he right. and his, his cheesy loud blazers. <laughs> uh, but it, it is, you know, uh, not to tie it in with Watergate and Vietnam, but, you know, if you, if you read any uh, review, you know, a, any critic doing a, a serious study of 70s film, they'll always say, like, it's really about Watergate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But there is something about, you know, the, uh, the institution lying to you, mm-hmm. you know, that the town wants to sweep this under the rug. You know, they're more concerned about, uh, bringing in tourist dollars, you know, and so there is a bit of, of Brody bumping in, uh, bumping up against the si- yeah. system, you know. And also it sets a, a, the template for movies like that, for these big blockbuster movies where, a. a Thing is going wrong and there's one guy who's trying to correct the thing and then there's everyone else who's trying to keep him from doing it. Right. And it reached – like to me the the most illogical uh, peak of it was that movie The Day After Tomorrow, which was about global warming. Didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I Dennis know Dennis Quaid is. is the Brody essentially and he's – and he works for the government who have hired him specifically to let them know if this happens. So then he goes to them and says, hey – uh, the planet's in trouble. This is happening. And they're like, you're crazy. <laughs> Based on nothing. It's really, the conflict is completely arbitrary. Yeah. Like he's the, you asked him to do this. Right. Right. 
So the template has been used many times since yeah. then, but rarely at this level. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's good acting. Uh, a bunch of different writers took a pass at this script, but the credited writer, I think along with Peter Benchley, who did, you know, first couple drafts off of his novels, Carl Gottlieb. Yeah. Carl Gottlieb uh, was a member of the committee, the improv group in San Francisco with Del Close oh, and Howard how Hessman. Yeah, we were just talking about right. him because we were at the San Francisco Improv Fest and uh, our, our friend who brought us there is doing a documentary on the committee. Oh, wow. And he has interviews with uh, 40 old improvisers, including mm-hmm. Carl Gottlieb, who's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he plays the the newspaper editor in yeah. the movie as well. Wow. So he, he's the big guy with the, the mustache. Um, and he was originally hired as an actor but Spielberg knew him as a writer. He wrote for the Odd Couple TV show at the time. (laughs) And so he was uh, brought in to kind of punch up the script and add a little more comedy into it. And also because they had such a long shoot, uh, he would get together with the actors and they would improvise dialogue as well. So they would all kind of punch up things together. You know what my favorite scene was? Can you guess? (laughs) Because it felt very improvised. Um. Is it the scene with Roy Scheider and his little boy at the yeah. dinner table? Yeah, I believe that was improvised. Love that scene. Yeah. I think that sells his whole character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's that's when so you, like, great. Really it's wonderful. Like, oh, it's just him making faces guy. at his son and then he's like, uh, give us a kiss. And the kid's like, why? And he's like, because I need it. You're going to cry. <laughs> it's very moving. <laughs> it's a, it's a you know? lovely scene. It really it's is. It's a lovely scene. It's a really good scene. Yeah, and that's the kind of character scene that like does not need to be in the movie at all. It does not, you know, thrust the plot forward, but it gets you to care about this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Craig's all choked up. It's dads and sons. It's It's great. It's great because it's it's you. That scene is all about Roy Scheider feeling the impact of. Yeah. Every day that the beach was not closed yeah. and he knew that it should be and mm-hmm. let himself be talked out of it by these people. And know? that's when he takes action and like goes and actually go- goes to do something mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. It's great. It's that little kid. Love him. Whatever <laughs> happened to that guy? I don't know. He's don't Marilyn know. Manson. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Every little kid from every TV show and movie that you is remember now is, now, is now Marilyn Manson. It's a character that many people play. There are several Marilyn Mansons. That's yes. right. Yeah. There's Paul, one main Paul, one and then the rest the are his years. helpers. <laughs> <laughs> Paul from the Wonder Years is the main Marilyn Manson. That's right. Also, yes. the wife watching that interaction kind of adds to yeah. it as well. Yeah. Oh. I know. She was the wife of the producer. Really? Yes. But I, she's quite good. She she does a great job. Yeah. yeah. She does a great job. But I think I read that there was kind of pressure to put her in the movie. But, th- you know, thankfully she turned out to be very good. Yeah. Did she do other stuff that you guys know? Jaws 2? Besides that. I, I feel like I did see her in something else and was, you know, like, oh, it's Mrs. Brody. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But she was a working actress. It's not right. like, you know, yeah. uh, my wife has always wanted to act. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's go through the movie chronologically a little bit with, okay. a seg- with a segment that we like to call Carla's Quotes. <laughs> <laughs> She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. Okay. Uh, making fun of me again. No, I love it. It comes from a place of love. But when you do it, it sounds like you're mocking <laughs> Never. Me. No. Never? Never. Broke eye contact sometimes. when you said Never. <laughs> 
never, never, never. Please note Carla is doing deep eye contact with Paul. <laughs> it's too much, Frank. <laughs> uh, the opening is the old Universal logo, and Carla said, already looks old-timey. Yeah, it did, a little bit. 1975, old-timey? Oh, I Compared guess it to is. today's I guess it is. movie, the, the studio openings? Yeah. <laughs> It barely moved. <laughs> <laughs> well, now what you have is you have eight production companies with their own little animated yeah, exactly. logos yeah, at the yeah, beginning yeah, of every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, is this the movie? There's an archer <laughs> shooting an arrow right at me. <laughs> oh, so what? it starts animated. Oh, no, that's no. Just, that's the Okay, this is it. Clearly, there's a tiger jumping out of the bushes at me. <laughs> 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 okay, so you're on my side with that one. <laughs> I I am on your side. Uh and then right away, uh you hear John Williams' famous uh Jaws theme. Right away. Right away. And Carla said, Oh man, they start right away with that music. <laughs> like right out of the gate. I was really surprised. Uh if you have the DVD, the twenty fifth anniversary DVD, which I believe is what we watched today. I, so, I think yeah. I have this the same one. There's a, a great bonus feature uh making of. And Spielberg literally thought that John Williams was kidding when he played the Jaws theme for him. Wow. Uh because you know, Johnny Williams just known to be a joker and he's just, you know, playing these two <laughs> playing these two notes, bum 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 and, and Spielberg was like, Okay, great, what's the real theme? Oh, yeah. wow. Not enough with your pranks, John. <laughs> <laughs> But it creates the character of the shark right away. And we see the shark's point of view during the opening titles. I, yeah. I definitely felt throughout the film like that, that shark was another character. They did a really good job of representing him. Represent sharks. Yeah. Sharks represent. Uh, even with camera stuff underneath, like you feel like it's a person looking at You see the shark's POV legs. of the, yeah, these yeah. dangling yeah. Uh, swimmers really with their cool. legs bobbing in the water. Yeah. It was a big deal at the time because she was nude. But you don't really see anything. But I remember it being like, oh, she's, you know, it opens with a nude lady yeah. swimming. Oh, funny. You can't yeah. see. It's all shadow. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing that I knew well before actually seeing the movie was the Mad Magazine parody of it, which I think was true of a <laughs> yeah. lot of movies that I was too young to see. Absolutely. R-rated movies. But yeah. they would do these very elaborate parodies. Where I don't remember the name of the artist, but they were very vivid drawings of the actors. I think it was Mort Drucker. I think Mort Drucker. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. And see, uh, our parents used to take us to those movies all the time. <laughs> we we saw so many grown up movies I in did the too. theater. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I like did. we saw those uh, Towering <laughs> Inferno and Poseidon Adventure and all that stuff. <laughs> but you you were the uh, on the younger side and had Second older siblings. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you were probably dragged along with your older siblings. Or no, it was my parents. I think it was that <laughs> you know. Well, let's not call a sitter. Yeah, we're just gonna go. And we we were happy to be there too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't remember us. I don't remember us getting in trouble for making noise at the movies. I think we were – it was just always thrilling mm. no matter what it was. I saw Lethal Weapon in the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> How old were you? Well, it came out Eight, in 87. Nine, so uh, seven. seven. I was seven. <laughs> That's very inappropriate. That's, yeah. But yeah. something else. My first rated R movie uh, yeah. was on VHS – and it was Young Doctors in Love, directed by <laughs> Gary Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Young Doctors His feature in debut. Love. Young Doctors in Love. It was kind of a like an airplane style broad parody of of soap operas. Yeah. Oh, I bet I would love that. Uh, I've never you, seen. Have you seen it? Uh, I well, that was my oh, first. Was my first rated R movie. <laughs> That's why we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> from two seconds ago. And you know who's in that movie? Ted McGinley. 
Really? He might. I, th- I think that he is. I think he is. I think he is. You guys, your brains. <laughs> you absorb so much stuff. Uh, but who's in every Gary Marshall movie? Oh, Hector Elizondo. Hector Elizondo is, of course, <laughs> a young and JR. Elizondo, yes. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was my first rated R and it was after it had been out on home video for a while. So I, th- I think not until I was like 13 or 14 did I see a rated R movie. That's surprising to me because your parents seemed so, per- seemed so permissive. <laughs> <laughs> I was the oldest though. With so others. remember yeah, that. Yeah. You were the test child. I was the test child. I'm also surprised that Young Doctors in Love was rated R. Like <laughs> if, I'm sure by today's standards, it would be completely tame. I think there were some boobs and a couple fucks. Oh, shit. <laughs> The and act, a shit. Let's cue it, it up. Or the, the word. The word. The word. The F word. A couple fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we follow, uh, hey, we're at this, uh, this, this hot 70s, you know, orgy bonfire. That's right. You know, yeah. People making out a couple lock size. This was, you know. Did you guys ever go to those kind of parties? Whenever <laughs> I see those in movies, I'm always like, man, I really missed out. I never went to those parties. I think you had to live at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you live in an island, there's not a lot to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they lock eyes. They, they haven't exchanged any words. And she runs across uh, the beach and yeah. he follows her. Uh, and Carla said, chase me. <laughs> and then he said, girls don't do this. Have you? Has a girl ever been like, chase me to you guys? <laughs> no. Boy, no. I wish. That's what, that's what I was hoping. Chase me to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> uh, I was hoping to find that on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about Martha's Vineyard anymore. <laughs> this is a typical Carlos quote for anything set in the 60s or 70s. I like that wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> that was good that wallpaper. A, it's a triple C. <laughs> No, it's not a triple C. <laughs> oh, forget oh, it. You Paul, knew what you're I killing me. Right? I'm uh, we have fun with me. <laughs> when uh, Chief Brody goes in and knocks over all the the paintbrushes that we talked about before, and then he comes out with all these art supplies, uh, and Carla's like, did he have to pay for those? <laughs> nope. Because it, it doesn't look He's like he chief. did. He's the chief. He gets to just walk out of the <laughs> Did you want to see the transaction? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Otherwise, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, how much were all these brushes? <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> this was your chance to see that scene, Carla. Oh, sorry. Uh, when Murray Hamilton came out, Carla said, I don't know. Do we think that blazer's over the top? And Paul said, it's perfect. <laughs> this is the famous anchor blazer mm-hmm. yes. um, that I fell in love with as a child. And then later, when I grew to be a man... And I was in control of my own destiny. Um, I had a suit made oh, of an anchor pattern. That's so fabric. good. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Thank you. Are you cool with us tweeting that photo? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Can you, okay. Send, it you yeah. send it to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. That's um, really cool. <laughs> so then, no, it's not over the top. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to think that. <laughs> Maybe just on him. How about that? <laughs> Here's another standard uh, Carlos quote when uh, th- shortly before the uh, the kid dies, uh, there's also a uh, a black lab retriever oh, that's running yeah. out there. And Carlos said, oh, man, the dog doesn't die, does he? <laughs> At least he we does. don't see it. Yeah, that's dead. true. Yeah. We just see a stick floating on the water. Yeah, it means he died. I was surprised, though, this time what you do see because the there are a few really gruesome things yes. in this movie. And they seem almost – 
to, to me now they seem almost out of place with the tone of the movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think those torrents of blood are so shocking when yeah. they do happen. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And especially for audiences in 1975, like uh, maybe unaccustomed to, you know, that level of gore. Yeah. Unless you're going to see a grindhouse picture, <laughs> right. you know, for a wide release, you know, studio picture, like it must have been really shocking. Yeah. Um, what and, are some some of those moments you're talking about? Like the one guy gets his leg bitten off, and yeah. we see the leg the, <laughs> go yeah. down. Yeah, and it's like you know that seems it's funny how gratuitous that seems. Like when you see Alex Kintner, the first uh, uh, the little boy when it's on the uh, that was the Fourth of July, right? Yes. Yeah. And so you see just like kind of this vague shape and the blood and everything, but it's not – you don't exactly see what's going on. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. And so when you do see like a severed leg that's floating in the water, it seems like, OK, I would have yeah. gotten that the guy got attacked. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it also in a way for me now – but it's it's hard for me to say because I've seen – I have seen this movie so many times. Yeah. That at the end when Quint gets killed, which is really violent. Very it's, violent. It's yeah. horrific. Yeah. It almost – now I don't know. Maybe it, it maybe it helps that moment mm. because we have seen some gruesome, some gruesome things mm-hmm. that it's like if that was the most gruesome, it would be maybe too much. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's it, it. I felt a little differently about it this time. Maybe it gives them permission to be a little more over the top with Queen's yeah. death. Yeah, uh, there is. Uh, we do see Harry with his uh, bad hat. Uh, <laughs> there's a moment where we see Harry like this. With his bad hat. This is the old man with the swim cap on. Oh, right. Yes. We know all about you, Chief. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a moment where you think he's the shark, and then he. Yes. Uh, Comes out of the water and Carla said, that was a really good fake out. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> it really was. Spielberg got you a few times There were some movie. real good fake outs. <laughs> real good fake outs. Now, uh, that's some bad hat, Harry, is somebody's sign off, right? To, uh, for a TV show? It's, it's a, yeah, somebody's production company. I think it's, it's Brian House. Singer. Oh. I think it's Brian Singer's okay. production company. Okay. Yeah. Because that always ends up like, that's some bad hat, Harry. Yeah. Bad hat, Harry Productions. Bad hat, Harry Productions. Oh, funny. You guys, uh, you know so much stuff. <laughs> and then when Alex Kintner is attacked by the shark, the shot of Brody, the famous dolly zoom. Yeah. So, uh, you know what a dolly zoom is? Yes. Uh, please explain it to me because I forget exactly what happens. But it's the, the, the camera's backing up while the, the lens is zooming in? Yes, I believe okay. that's it. So that you're dollying out and zooming in at the same time. Yes. You can also do it the other way. Yeah. Uh, sometimes called the vertigo effect for Hitchcock's use of it mm-hmm. in the, uh, the film Vertigo. I didn't know that. <laughs> I said yes, but I didn't know. But I found a series of clips of famous dolly zooms from various movies that I'm going a to super treat. Cut? A super cut of Fantastic. dolly zooms. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> and it scored with Bernard Herrmann's Vertigo score throughout the whole thing. Nice. But some dolly zooms some from some previous Craigslist movies such as Raging Bull, Poltergeist, uh, Pulp Fiction all have some dolly zooms in it as well as some dolly zooms that are yet to come. In Poltergeist, is there the hallway scene which yes. is running down the hallway? It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Because we know the exact layout of the house and then yeah. we go up and suddenly it's this long hallway. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's great. So I guess what it does is it keeps the subject fixed while the environment around them changes and really disorients yeah. you is the, the purpose of using that particular shot. But that's a, a famous use of it. Uh, Quint, one of the all-time great character introductions of oh, any character. Oh, it's so good. 
It's so I was that that was I was struck by it again. Like, wow, this is fucking great. Not just nails on a chalkboard, which is how he famously announces himself at the yeah. town meeting, but then the his whole speech yep. and the way everybody is reacting to him. Yeah. And Murray Hamilton, who's been so fucking smug through the whole thing, was like, uh, thank you, Mr. Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll you get take the that sense, we'll take that under advisement. You, you get the sense of like, th- this guy is the high status guy. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is scared yes. of this guy. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's some amazing faces in that meeting too. That old lady. <laughs> <laughs> She is my favorite because people are reacting. They're they're covering their ears when he's but but he does the fingernails on the chalkboard, and this old lady has this expression on her face that she's sort of uh, almost amused by the whole thing. Like she like a like a a, a large cat came into the room and started <laughs> behaving erratically. Her there's some there's a that's another thing that that I love about this movie is like the assistant at the sheriff's office and, and uh, all the people in the town that are just these kind of regular people that I think it was a lot of local hires, you know, who were terrific, you know, because they seem so real, but they're doing a good job with the dialogue. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think beyond all those name actors that we mentioned, they're all Martha's Vineyard locals that were cast, including his deputies. That's why they were so old. That's possible because, you know, it is, it's a island town, you know, people born there and they stay there forever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but Spielberg loves good faces, you know. Mm. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> That's not just a Spielberg thing. <laughs> uh, here's not a Carlos quote, but a Paul's point. <laughs> Cue the theme. <laughs> Fucking dog looked right in the camera. <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> forgot that the Brodies have a dog. Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> this scene. Oh, it's such a great scene too when she – when uh, Lorraine Gary scares him. Oh, uh, when uh, – what's her name, Mrs. Brody? Yeah. I can't remember her – the character's name. Mrs. Brody works. <laughs> <laughs> it works but I feel that there's no way do, – do they say her name? Ellen. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> Ellen Brody. Ellen Brody. So, Chief Brody is looking through this book about sharks. He's completely lost in this book. And then she comes up and, and just, I don't know if she even touches him, but she just kind of makes a move towards him. And he's freaked out because he's, <laughs> you know, reading this book about sharks and it scares her. Yeah. Him being scared scares her. It's, it's a really, it's such a great real life moment. Yeah. It's, and, Again, Roy Scheider is so good. Like his reaction, <laughs> his being scared is so good. And then there's a dog sitting on the couch. The dog a million times looks directly <laughs> to the camera. What an unprofessional dog. Where's the it trainer? Was, it was a local dog. Local <laughs> Definitely that dog was a local hire. Uh, very cute dog though. Very cute. That's not the very dog cute. that died. No. <laughs> well, we can presume that dog is dead. Well, maybe. <laughs> Might might still be alive. There's the original stars of the movie Jaws. (laughs) Please welcome Patches. Uh, there's the scene with the fisherman where the uh, the dock breaks off, oh, and then the guy's frantically so trying stressful. to trying to go. It's yeah. so stressful, and then the the piece of the dock just kind of floats gently back to the shore. That whole scene is so great. That sequence was shot day for night, mm-hmm. and all the dialogue was ADR. 
So oh, wow. I, I don't know that those guys ever opened their mouths. You yeah. Know? It was all added in later. Wow. And it's so – just all in that – in those silhouettes and everything, it's so good. Yeah. Because we've seen a couple killings already. We know what the shark is capable of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what's so brilliant about killing – that kid <laughs> is that you fully expect everybody to die after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you're not sure who will or won't. His death, Alex Kinder's death is pretty brutal too. It was, it was more graphic than I remembered it being. Yes. The, the kid, when, is that the kid? Yeah. The yes. kid. When you see him pulled under and everything, it's, 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 it shocked me today, yeah. you know, yeah. in a way that it hadn't before. But me like too. seeing a, a child, this is, I, probably because I'm getting older, but seeing a child struggling as it's being pulled down yeah. into the ocean by a shark. It's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Spielberg, so good at visuals that tell the story. So just, you know, like nobody says of like, that was that kid's raft. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you see this torn up raft yeah. just yeah. kind of like come back to shore, you know, and, and also everybody, every other parent has collected their kid and we see his mom just kind of looking for him of like his it's elderly a, mother, his elderly mother, <laughs> you know, she had him when she was 60, you know. <laughs> He was a miracle baby. He was a miracle baby. <laughs> Which makes it even more sad. I know. He beat the odds for a while. I did kind of want when Mrs. Kentner comes uh, to the dock wearing her morning uh, mm-hmm. black, uh, I really want her to slap the shark rather than Brody. <laughs> what if she slapped him on the way out? Like, and one for you. That'd, that'd be a nice button. Come on. I, I think missed opportunity. <laughs> Uh, so that wasn't Fourth of July, right? There's two, and then oh, that's 4th right. Of when July. the kid dies, it's yeah, because they're they're building up to their big Fourth of July event. And the guy yes. in the red yes. boat dies in the. That's right, in front of the kid, Did we know traumatizing. Right over there? Did we know who that guy was? <laughs> no, he was just a guy. He was just a concerned citizen about these kids. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he should have been buying his own business too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they weren't; those kids were just—they're fine. And he even says, "What are you doing over there?" Right? Yeah. And they totally ignore him. <laughs> they're like, "We're just on a boat. We're he's, like kids on a boat. What do you mean? What are we doing?" The time of day. <laughs> uh, then Richard Dreyfus shows up as Matt Hooper, real coastal so elite. Mm-hmm. I love Richard Dreyfus, you guys. <laughs> Why do you love Richard Dreyfus so much? What is it about he's him? so adorable. <laughs> like I just want to pinch his cheeks and have mm-hmm. a beer with him. Now, we mentioned his age. He was the youngest man ever to win Best Actor at the time. Wow. Since been supplanted by Adrian Brody for The Pianist. Sure. Uh, <laughs> who famously kissed Richard Dreyfus when he won. That's right. Um, I love that movie he won for, which I cannot think of the name of it right now. The Pianist? No. Oh, The Goodbye Girl. The Goodbye Girl. I hated The Goodbye Girl. You're so Girl. wrong. Really? Yes. You're so wrong. That's a great movie. I really have a big problem with Neil Simon. I think he, but I, granted, a lot of this stuff I did not watch and in the context of the time. Like, I watched Goodbye Girl maybe five years ago for the right. first time. I watched a bunch of stuff. Uh, of his, uh, that I, I just think is so dated, mm-hmm. you know. The Goodbye Girl is so great. It I've was, seen it recently. Really? It's still really good. I, I thought it was so grating. I never saw it, and then I saw the last 10 minutes of it one day recently because Janie was watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't bother watching this movie <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> but he was 29 when he won Best Actor for, for that wow. role a couple years after this. Oh, so this, this was before that. Okay. This was before that. Okay. Yeah. He had done American Graffiti already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Goodbye Girl, because it takes place in New York and he's an actor and she's an actor and a dancer, it's just very romantic. Like, oh, I want to live in New York in the 70s and audition for Broadway shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's another favorite Richard Dreyfus performance for you? 
Um, since you love him so much, down since and you out love Beverly him Hills. so much. Down and out Beverly Hills. I remember that being a good movie. That's I haven't a great seen that movie. in years. He's so funny in That's that. That's Bette Midler and Nick Nolte, yep. right? Do you yeah. know what else he's great in? What about Bob? Yes. Which I, I don't think uh, a lot of people like that movie more than I do. I remember I thinking it was okay it. at the I time. I hated <laughs> But I but I remember he was great. He's great in it. This I, is a real big problem for us. What about Bob? Him not liking it so much. I had to watch it for trading movies, my previous movie podcast with Maria Blasucci and Amanda Lund. <laughs> I've never how, this is how I'm finding out about this? <laughs> Maria and I had a movie podcast where we made each other watch one of each other's favorite movies. So some of the movies on Craigslist, Maria had to watch. This was seven years ago, maybe. I this had was, no idea. Back in the early days of podcasting, the Wild West. Uh, That's right. Our, also, our, our sound was terrible. You know, we, we were very low tech. We didn't right. know what we were doing. We, we have probably like 20 did, episodes. Did you have one of those ball microphones where you both talked into the I same one? Did. That's exactly, yeah. exactly yeah. what we those had. Those suck. Aman- <laughs> Amanda hosted it. She never watched the movies. Uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes. Uh, she never watched the movie. She never watched the movie. She would just be there to facilitate the she discussion. She would facilitate the discussion <laughs> between uh, Maria but and But often I. she would talk about stuff that had nothing to do with the movies. What? She <laughs> would always guess at what she thought the, uh, the movies would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I had such – and I love Bill Murray. I, mm-hmm. I, I like Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, but I had such a negative reaction. What about Bob? I yeah. think that's so incorrect. It's a f- and I was taken to task for it by many people. That right. all twelve of our listeners uh, were, were. You you said you don't. Like uh, it's it that not. Much? It's not one of my favorites. No, I found it. Uh, it was a frustrating movie. Uh. It was a frustrating movie. There there are certain things like that that you either those kind of a movie like that you either go along with the premise of the character, you know, right, and say like, yeah, I'm on board with this. Because if you can't do that, then it's just like, why are these people being this way? Mm-hmm. Why are they allowing this to happen? Why are they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. it's, 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 I call it the Green Acres effect. It, when I was a kid, <laughs> I would watch Green Acres. You were supposed to find it funny that everyone in this town was a weirdo who frustrated this guy at every turn. But as a child, I'm like, no, that's not what he means. Like, wh- how do you not understand English? It would just drive me crazy. You know, I dream of Jeannie was kind of like that, where yeah. it was like she still doesn't understand words. Like, yeah. he, right in just, episode forty-five. Yeah, yeah, she would sort of misunderstand a thing that he wanted. And also, haven't they been over this a million times? I don't right. want you to do magic stuff. You know what I mean? So it it was um like a movie like that where. From what I remember, because I don't remember that much about it, but mm-hmm. but the the Bill Murray character, you know, is this weirdo who just keeps inserting himself into this guy's life, and the guy doesn't want it to happen. Yeah, and then he somehow charmed the whole family, where the family's like, "You're a jerk. Why don't you like this lunatic?" <laughs> but it's Bill Murray. I know you but can get Bill away Murray. with a lot because it's can Bill get Murray. Away with a lot because it's Bill Murray, but he's not doing his usual Bill Murray thing. Right. I was such a huge fan of Bill Murray, and I'm afraid that his movies are not holding up well for me at all. Mm. Really? So I watched Ghostbusters after I watched the the reboot of Ghostbusters, and um, I was surprised at how much I did not like his character. Mm-hmm. When I, and I used to think he was hilarious, mm. and then watching it again, I'm like, this guy's a real fucking creep. Yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> he's gross. Uh, that's how I feel about Curb Your Enthusiasm, the way that you just described that. Like, just this right. jerk who just... But that at least, at least is... That's the intent. He suffers intent. at least. Yes. Yes. yes that's yeah. the intent, and of he does show. suffer. It's not like he always wins at the end. Right. Whereas right. Bill no, Murray, right. it's like at the end of Ghostbusters, you're like, why am I cheering for this guy? <laughs> 
he's America's dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was the 80s where of like we were so full of ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, of like you just wanted some smarmy, <laughs> smug asshole to just yeah. insult people. It was a new comedy character of a, a guy who's just sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Who's <laughs> just like, you're dumb <laughs> and I'm great. Uh, well, thank you, Paul, because I, I totally agree with you about what about Bob and it will no, not. No, he said he liked it a little bit. Uh, but I agree with what he said of why it doesn't work. There were moments that I liked in that movie, yeah. Okay. But overall, it's a frustrating film. Baby Steps. I loved Baby Steps. <laughs> that is underrated. <laughs> Great Dreyfus performance. I hope Baby Steps is on your list. What else? Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus? Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> I, when, that, when that movie came out, I couldn't stop saying Mr. Holland's Opus in a Richard Dreyfus voice. I didn't even mean to do that just now. That was like a weird muscle. Memory. That was a Pavlovian really, effect. I think I just when saw I said, Richard Dreyfus in oh front my of me. What I said, Mister, your face has changed, and I was like, "Stop! You have to stop!" And I couldn't stop it. No, you finished it. Yeah. I finished it. I went all the way. That was a movie again that I never saw. Saw the last. This is. You're talking about Mr. Holland's yes. And I've talked about this on mic before about how I, I'm easily manipulated by movies, even when I don't want to be. I saw the last 10 minutes of that movie. I knew nothing about this movie except for the title. It gets to the point where presumably Mr. Holland is finally getting to perform his opus. He's mm-hmm. conducting his opus of the high school band. And, uh, you know, the music swells and I start crying. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know who any of these people are. I presume he's Mr. Holland. <laughs> I haven't seen that since it came out. I don't even know if I like it. I can't remember. I remember thinking it was cheesy, but that he was good in it. <laughs> what else has he been in? Anything I oh forgot? Oh, my God. Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Oh, of course. Uh, Close Encounters of the Duh. Third Kind? I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Craig, I feel, put a I meant it, spin I meant, on it. I meant it like that. I don't, yeah, I don't love that movie. Oh, man, I just watched it recently. It really holds up, I think. Really? Did you see it as a grown-up or as a kid? A grown-up. Oh, all right. You'll be singing it again as a grown-up. Oh! Oh, skip. Pass. (laughs) Well, you got one pass left. You got one pass left. You're right, and I'm holding it for number one. Uh. (laughs) What an (laughs) anti-climax to the whole experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me ask you this. Everyone shut up. Final fuck you. Carla. (laughs) Yes. Do you know the movies in advance? Have you seen The Master List? Um... I think at a certain point I saw the master list, not right. since we have started the podcast. Right. Okay. Also, I don't remember things, so sure. I am like you in your memory. <laughs> uh, what about Bob is good? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes when we start talking about it. potential guests, uh, she'll be like, "What's coming up?" And I'll oh, yeah. get, go through so like the next five movies it. or so. Right. Yeah. And then there's things that you just know are on the list, but I think there's things that'll be surprises to you. I knew what number one was before we started. You know, I know number, what your favorite. You movie know what is. number one is because yeah. I'm because I'm married to you. I know what your favorite movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Paul's is Lawrence of Arabia. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This uh, is number two. This is number two. Yeah. Jaws is number mm. two. Uh, Paul, I have to. What about uh, Paul's number three? <laughs> Which one? What about Bob is number three? <laughs> but like it's a you have, three. You haven't seen that many movies. It's a no. I've the, just those three, and they're great. <laughs> Keep needing to get out more. Uh, I'm good. Um, Lawrence of Arabia not on the list. It's too bad. Uh, I've never you, seen it. You want to make a quick pitch as to why it should be? Oh, I I think that it's 
As far as epic storytelling goes, I think it's tremendous. I think the performances in the movie are absolutely amazing. Um, and the cinematography, it, it cannot be beat. I think that what David Lean is doing in that movie is, is phenomenal. Does it make you cry? No. It's not one of, it's not, it's not an emotional movie in that way. Mm-hmm. It's not an emotional movie in that way, but it is, it's, it's taking a story that is, I think, difficult to tell and telling it very well. It's definitely an all timer. It's just, it's on my second hundred. So Ooh. it's, it's somewhere between 101 and 200 for me. Wow. <laughs> uh, I get a little confused by the politics of it all, particularly in the second half. I'm not sure what everything means <laughs> po- right. politically and right. uh, and militarily. Right. You know, uh, I, I feel like most of the better stuff is in the first half of it. I mean, a four hour movie is is a lot yeah, to take absolutely. on. Absolutely. But it, it's certainly one of the, the most beautiful movies ever shot. I yeah. mean, there, there's so many iconic and memorable scenes in it. Peter O'Toole, never better. Omar yeah. Sharif is fantastic in it. I admire the movie quite a bit, just not one of my 100 favorites. Understood. Understood. I love Omar Sharif and Funny Girl. <laughs> Very handsome. <laughs> Very handsome. He's dreamy. Dreamy. Guys, let's talk about Jaws. Um, <laughs> the, here's another uh, fake out. Uh, there's a couple of boys that are playing with a fake fin in the water and Carla said, wait, that's a shark, right? Spielberg got you again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember any of that stuff. One of my favorite things is how long it takes everyone to put their guns down after they see that it's two children. <laughs> yes. Because the children come up out of the water. Then they turn around and everyone starts lowering their guns. <laughs> making you think, like, were they not sure that they were kids until they saw their faces? <laughs> Still might be a shark. Those kids are so cute. <clears throat> Although all the boys in this look exactly the same. They do. They could they all be the same do. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when Chief Brody's oldest boy gets uh, traumatized uh, by seeing the, the guy mm. eaten right in front of him, he's yeah. in shock, goes to the hospital, and then we see him getting wheeled away. Uh, <laughs> and... And Carla said, that doctor's like 10 years old. And Paul indignantly yelled, that's not the doctor. <laughs> and Carla said, but he has a stethoscope and a lab coat. Uh, he got so mad at me. I, I, think, no, I wasn't mad. <laughs> I think it's an orderly, Carla. I yes, think it's an orderly. Yeah, yeah. But only they refer to the stethoscopes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because they refer to the doctor as they're walking down the hall. The doctor says, you know, he's going to be in a few weeks. He'll be, oh, it's like they say it's a case of shark. Yes. He's, he's got some mild shark. Mild shark. <laughs> okay, but that kid looked like a kid. He looked like yes, he's he was very young. Job. He also looked like. He looked like the guy from the beginning. Yes. It was the, the drunk guy who fell asleep while the girl got attacked yes. by the shark. Yes. To, to the point where at, at this viewing, I was like, is that the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, okay. I just, I'm not going to, I don't want to hmm. spend a ton of time on this. I just want to say real quick, the only part of the movie that didn't work for me was the boy being pulled out of the water, the son. Mm-hmm. Cause like it just, the, the shots didn't add up to making sense to me. So the one guy gets attacked, yeah. the boy's in the water just staring, the shark goes by, and then all of a sudden all the boys are pulling him on the shore. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so it's like, how they did... They were in a boat, yeah. Yeah, Why, yeah and it... all the boys weren't around when, you know, 
So yeah. it just it got it jumped in time in a it's weird a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good catch. Sorry, good catch. I don't mean to be hard good catch. No, no, Spielberg <laughs> fudged that a little bit. Um, I, think, one, I think it turned out okay. At one point, when Robert Shaw was on the screen, you said, "Yeah, that guy was Michael Caine in my memory." <laughs> Michael Caine is always. In my memory. What was the other movie that we thought? Cocktail. Oh, Cocktail, you thought oh, was Michael Brian King. Brown? Brian yeah. Brown. Wait, that's not on the list, is it? No, no, no. Oh, no. Should be. Uh, oh, my gosh. Should God. I was be. walk no. out of my own house if that was <laughs> I could live here. Uh, but, <laughs> but Michael Caine, as we talked about in Jaws the Revenge, famously missed accepting his Academy Award for Hannah and Her Sisters because he was shooting Jaws the Revenge. Oh, I love that movie. That's on your list. You're going to get a chance to see that as well. Uh, there is something about Quint. Uh, apparently, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus did not like each other making this yeah. movie. Really? Uh, but it, it really it it transfers to the screen and it works really well for the characters. But I think any guy can relate to that feeling of an older guy busting your balls. Yeah, you know, particularly like a rural guy busting a city guy's balls. Yeah. Of like, they love to do that. You it know? really. I saw the character in a way that I don't think I did before. Like, you know. It's it's such a fun performance, Robert Shaw's performance, and there's so many shades to it. You know, he has the big speech and everything, and, and there's there's a lot to really like. Um, but I saw him uh, in a, uh, f- I think for the first time in an unsympathetic light, where mm. I was like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just an asshole. He's he's insisting on doing this alone. He ditches his little friend, <laughs> the guy with the filthy hat. Yes. What happened to him? What happened to that guy? He helps him load up the boat, and then he's like, "All right, have fun." <laughs> we never see him again. But he's he's you know he's being such an asshole for no reason to uh, to Richard Dreyfus, and uh, I guess a little bit to Brody. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was funny how I'd never thought of him in that way before. I thought of him as like a cool guy. And then yeah. I realized today, no, he's a horrible dick. He reminded me of my uncle. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like just kind of getting under your skin for no reason, mm-hmm. except that they're crazy. <laughs> It's a good reason. <laughs> Sorry, mom. She listens to all of these. <laughs> Does she really? Yeah. Hi, Miss Gakowski. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I want to say hi to Craig's mom first. <laughs> say hi. Yeah. Hi, Mrs. Snowden. She's never heard no. one of these. What is she now? <laughs> a Siri. A Siri. Yeah. Lebanese. Uh, a Siri. Um, <laughs> say hello to Carla's mom. <laughs> I got it. Taking care of it. Here's Carla. Name. Carla. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Carla and Robert Shaw, I can't understand anything he says. No. <laughs> Paul, you looked for Narragansett beer and couldn't find any. I did. Yeah. 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 I, wanted, I thought that would be fun. We could have some Narragansett while we watch the movie, but it's not available in Los Angeles. Crazy. Uh, why not? Everything's available in LA. All these regulations. LA. That's why I voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have caught when they call into the shore that the voice on the intercom is Spielberg's. I think you're right. Uh, which I had never heard before. I'll have to look that up and see if that's true. Uh, Carla and Roy Scheider on the boat. I love that he has zinc on his nose. Uh, zinc oxide, right? <laughs> yeah, which is just like a little touch of him protecting well, himself. Well, yeah, his sun. wife says, I put the, the yeah. whatever in your bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very much a guy out of his element. Yeah. <laughs> so great. I bet if you ask people what the famous quote from Jaws is, they would tell you, We've got to get a bigger boat, mm-hmm. and it's you've got to get a bigger boat. You're gonna, isn't it? You're gonna, need you're gonna a need boat? a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> See, I even got it wrong there. <laughs> I thought it was we're gonna, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Everyone makes it a we situation. Yes. It's, which not, it never it's always was. your. Yeah. You're gonna need a bigger yeah, yeah, boat. Yeah. Uh, a line ad libbed by Roy Scheider. 
Oh, right? really? Yes. Well, I don't know if he came up with it when they were riffing on the script or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he just like threw it in right. on that take right, that, right. that's in the movie. But Wait, if Paul didn't know that, I feel like maybe that's not a true thing. Well, no, I, I, I may have forgotten it. Okay. And then, uh, apparently when they first screened it, uh, the shark jumping out of the water got such a big reaction that the crowd missed the line. And so they added in, uh, edited in another shot to, uh, give it a little more air before he delivers wow, that line to get cool. that, get the one, two punch. That's great. That, his reaction when he, when that shark, oh my God, though he snaps into the frame. It's yes. so good. Yeah. It's so I good. I love it so much. And, uh, we've also been conditioned so much to hear the Jaws theme whenever the shark appears. And that was a deliberate, you know, yeah. thing on Williams and Spielberg's, mm-hmm. uh, thing that now, uh, because you're conditioned to that, the shark's going to jump out of nowhere and scare yeah. the shit out of you. Um, yeah. And then I think the famous scenes of, uh, the guys comparing their scars mm-hmm. and then, uh, Quint telling the, uh, the monologue about the USS Indianapolis, probably one of the most iconic scenes for the movie. Carla said, this is weird. Men do this stuff, I guess. Where they compare They're comparing scars. the scars. <laughs> is that like a thing that started with this movie? Cause I feel like I've seen that kind of a scene a lot. <laughs> oh, I think it has been parodied in other movies. Yeah. Okay. For sure. There have been references to it in other movies. Okay. Yeah. But there's, I mean, the monologue is so good. There were a lot of hands on that as well. I guess the original guy drafted it, and then Spielberg had John Milius, famous macho screenwriter, came in <laughs> to punch it up, and then Robert Shaw punched it up himself. Yeah. And I think Shaw had there was like that one took a couple days because I think there was a day he showed up. He was drunk. drunk. Yeah. yeah, 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 and of they couldn't course. get it. Yeah, that guy. He he was an alcoholic, and uh, yeah, did, was not always showing up in condition to work. And then I, I guess they had a whole day of unusable footage of him trying to do that monologue. And then he uh, apologized to Spielberg, sobered up, uh, showed up the next day and did it in one take. Yeah. I Okay. So, yeah, it's a disease. It's it's tough. But I also, when I hear stories like that, I just feel like, why aren't you grateful for being in this movie, for working? Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a bummer when you hear stuff like that. Yeah. Knowing, uh, knowing so many actors who would kill for a chance to be it's on set. It's also of like it's fun to tell those old Hollywood stories too of like and he was drunk you know because you know he's a colorful character actor he delivers a great performance in it but like experiencing that on set with the guy would have been hell you know yeah um but there is something about that monologue you know we describe sharks lifeless eyes black eyes like a doll's eyes you know it it really does it, it kind of set you up for not noticing how mechanical and fake the shark looks. If you really concentrate, if you're really looking for it, you can see that the shark is fake. But when you're in the movie and when you're experiencing it, you're not thinking about that at all. You're just thinking of it as this mechanical beast, you know, this primeval beast that man is fighting and you buy into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel like it looked mechanical, like an, like, like a machine. I felt it looked real. I was really scared, <laughs> like so much. And then when the shark gets hit with the harpoon, Carla said, "Aww." <laughs> <laughs> I and couldn't then, help myself. And then you added, "He's just doing what he knows how to do." Yeah, he's just hungry. <laughs> Wait a second. I feel like you also missed a moment, a Carla moment, when <laughs> it it. When, I think when we see Mrs. Kintner's ad, that she, she's like put, put up a flyer in the town hall before they have that meeting where we see Quint. And it says, you know, the, the here's the bounty for killing um, uh, a boy. 
Um, and or no, somebody says the shark killed two people, and you went and one dog. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I did miss that. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Don't forget the dog. <laughs> Now the stuff. But you do. Do you think they would have acted sooner? (laughs) They would have closed the beaches sooner if somebody had thrown in the dog in the body count. They would have shut the beach down maybe right away. Uh, But there is that that monologue that he has about the sharks and the eyes and stuff. It does make it even more real. And so Mm -hmm. when that shark was hit, it felt like a real thing. That's why I said awe. Oh, because it humanized the shark for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Sharks are just trying to eat people. Well, I mean, like hungry. Like, give them a break. Can you imagine if like all you're doing is trying to eat and then all these soldiers were in the water all of a sudden? Oh, on the, on the subject of the USS Indianapolis, there is currently, if you care to see it, uh, an absolutely terrible movie on Netflix right now starring Nicolas Cage. That is the story of the USS really? Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't get through it. I think I got like 45 minutes an hour into it. And is the shark thing true? Yeah, yeah, that was a real story. It's a real story. Ooh. It's it is the boat that delivered the mm-hmm. bomb, the Hiroshima bomb, and on their way back they sunk. They were sunk by the Japanese. It's Ooh. like it's laid out pretty well, and they yeah. didn't send a distress call because the mission was so secret. Wow, they didn't have any kind of escort, you know, which ordinarily they would, you know, right. for a, a mission like that. But because it was so top secret, this happened, you know. How crazy to put that in this movie, and it works. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't throw off the tone or. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because it is a real thing. It's also what's so what's one of my things about Spielberg is that those early movies I love so much and a lot of times what makes them so great is the things he wasn't able to do and the that he had to work around. So mm-hmm. because the shark didn't work, mm-hmm. um the machine, you know, we probably would have seen it a lot more. We would have seen the whole thing a lot more and it probably would have lost a lot of its power and like that speech serves to continue to convey the terror of sharks without seeing a single shark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. But it's like if that shark had worked, I don't know that the movie would have been as good. Absolutely. You know? Well, the, at a certain point, the barrels become the shark, you know, so yeah. they, they, you know, he's, oh, they shoot yeah. three barrels into That's him. Yeah. And then whenever you follow the barrels of like, fuck, it's a shark, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. but they didn't have to use the mechanical shark yeah. for that. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the book, the shark just kind of dies of getting, uh, getting, it kind of chokes itself to death. I think Yeah, yes. it gets, it gets tangled up in stuff and it sort of suffocates because it, it doesn't, it can't move or something. And it, it flow and, and Quint isn't eaten, but he is, um, he gets tangled in a rope that, uh, is maybe, uh, you know, one of the harpoon ropes or whatever. So he gets dragged down into yeah. the water. But Spielberg changed it to a big explosion. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So yeah. that is kind of like the summer blockbuster payoff yeah. at the end that we blow up this shark. And honest to God, I mean, it's like when you look at it now, there's so much goodwill built up over the course of the movie that it's like, this is a bit of a stretch, but uh, I'll let you have it. Right. Yeah. But that that Brody somehow is like his plan is if I can just get this in the shark's mouth. Yeah. If the shark will keep it in the corner of its mouth like it's a plug of chewing tobacco <laughs> and I can just shoot the end of the tank, I think I have a chance at killing the shark. Yeah. 
It's weird. Smile, you son of a. It's so great, though. It's, it's really, so it's great. So great. <laughs> and then when the shark plunges after it's been blown up, and you just see the second the second half of its body, but all the blood gushing. Yeah. It's so and good. Beautiful music playing. Yes. <laughs> and then Spielberg used he used a sound cue then in Duel mm-hmm. when the big eighteen wheeler finally goes off the. Uh, the road and crashes yeah. of a dinosaur from some old sci-fi movie or some old, you know, yeah. uh, BC movie. Yeah. And he used that same sound cue. So you hear like this dinosaur roar as the pieces really? of shark are floating to the, yeah, it's the under bottom. The music that's you can hear. So I really cool. listened for it this time too. Yeah. And you can, it's, it's faint, but it's there. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And then the shots of Richard Dreyfus, actually not Richard Dreyfus in the shark tank. It was a double. Mm-hmm. So there aren't his eyes when you see that, but, uh, that, that is the actual footage of real sharks in the shark tank as well as the mechanical shark it's edited in but shot you know, by ron and valerie taylor yes they were before shark week they were like the famous shark people that you would see i remember when i was a kid shark documentaries were it was the best when there were <laughs> pbs would air something and in the early days of cable you know um and Ron I remember Ron and Valerie Taylor were on every anytime there was any discussion of sharks <laughs> here's Ron and Valerie Taylor and there was a famous one where they had these like shark proof suits on like chainmail kind of thing and this one shark I forget what kind of shark it was but tore her glove and I remember her being so furious that this shark bit through her glove <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they did this sequence? Yeah, yeah. They, they got some shots of a guy in a cool. shark tank, but then, uh, or after Ron, I guess, left the tank, they got footage of a great white destroying their tank. He gets tangled up in the ropes oh, and just right. goes with thrashing. And so that's what yeah. they use in the movie. So they had to rewrite it, uh, so that Hooper escapes from the cage to justify why Hooper is not in the cage, yeah. uh, at oh. that point. So. Uh, I mean, that again is just good editing and good storytelling of like, let's work with the footage that we have yeah. and let's work around a story to, yeah. to make sense with that. And I think in the, I think Hooper gets eaten in the book. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. But then when Hooper resurfaces at the end, Carla said, classic Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get any more Dreyfus? Nope. <laughs> he always turns and up. And he has a big smile on his face. <laughs> uh, well, Carla, you want to give this a letter grade? I'll give it an A. Flat out A. Yeah. Nice. What does that stand for? Hmm. Uh, Amity, Amity, Amity yeah. Beach ain't that bad. <laughs> Amity Beach ain't that bad. Now that that shark's all blown up. Hey, does Amity have anything to do with Amityville? It does not. Oh. Did you guys not think that too? No. Amity, as you know, means friendship. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Amityville I mean- means village of friendship. Okay, great. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Paul, I'm guessing this is an A for you as well. This as, is an A-plus movie for as me. As your A-plus. second yes. favorite of uh, the three movies Absolutely. you've seen? I think okay. this movie is a is an extremely entertaining and well-made movie. Yeah. Mm. It is really fun. Uh, I, I legitimately jumped. You didn't talk about that. Oh, Paul, Ben Gardner's head. Ben Gardner's head gotcha. Paul got up to do something. Yeah. And I knew it was coming. I was so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I literally I like no joke. Yeah. I wasn't messing around. I really jumped. It's one of the all-time great jump scares in movie history. It's so it, good. It got me. I want to say like the first 
20 times I saw that movie, it got me every time. It's and like, I knew it was coming. And yeah. it was still like, oh, God. Because <laughs> I never was like – the timing is like you, – then you start to anticipate it like it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen right. now. And yes. it, it always happens when you <laughs> – I don't know what it is. It's amazing. I was expecting the shark, which I guess is what you expect the first time you see it. And you so, see a little yeah. bit of white popping out and it turns out to be a head. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's a great scare. And apparently one that they didn't have the timing right on the initial screenings as well. And then Spielberg's like, I, I can get it. I can get that scare. Oh, it was shot in a pool. Yes. That's right. Uh, That's yeah. right. They went to a pool. pool to, they did reshoots in order yeah. to get that right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Worth it. Uh, Verna Fields, by the way, the editor on this film and she won the Oscar for her editing. Well, I should say so. Well deserved. Wait, Craig. What do you give this movie? A plus. Well, it's, of course, why would we ask you? It's on, on your list. It's on Craig's <laughs> list. It's. Are these all A pluses from here on out? Or they're all A pluses in your top 100? This has never come up. <laughs> I guess I, I don't literally give it a letter <laughs> this grade. Has never come up. Always. I can't oh. believe this. We're 50 in and we've never talked about this. I guess it, one it. would take it for granted that you love these movies. I think they're all A's, though some of them that are, that are leaving the list have probably been bumped down that's a little right. bit. You what's, know? what's one that, what's the latest one that's left the list? Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Um, no room for Alliance for Arabia, but that Everybody's got their favorites, Paul. That's true, Craig. Uh, and, you know, you're right. No, Lawrence Arabia probably is better than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> well, that's not for me to decide. This isn't an exact we'll science. History. We'll let history decide. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's probably more of a B plus uh, after rewatching it. And so, after- wait. So, our, so our 1 through 100, once you go back through it, they're going to be A pluses for you? It's like blowing your mind. Because he's been quizzing me on what no. my grade is every week, and I've never even asked that's you that. It's not a quiz. <laughs> he's asking your opinion. <laughs> it feels like a pop quiz every time we sit down to do this. <laughs> they're not all A pluses. I'll say that. But probably all A pluses from here on out. Unless there's right. one that I end up saying, oh, you know, that's not better than Jaws. Okay. It might not be better than Jaws. You know, it's also, it's, you know, it's it's whether or not you're grading, are you grading it as a movie or are you grading how you feel about it, hmm. you know? And hmm. do you feel, Carla, when you're asked that you're asked to grade the movie or to grade or you... You're I'm probably the, grading how I feel about it. Right. Because sometimes I will say, like, I get, I get that the cinematography yeah. is supposed to be really amazing in this yeah, or yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you've given a few begrudging grades where you're like, I'll admit that it's good, but it didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think that I've had others like rules of the game that were that uh, I was exposed as a fraud where I'm like, I have it because it's an all time classic, but it like doesn't do much for me personally, right. you know, or as much as the other movies on my list. And in trying to mount an impassioned defense for it, right. uh, quickly crumbled. You know? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a movie that I fell in love with the first time I saw it and it's always been on the list. It will always be oh, on the list. I'm relieved to hear that. <laughs> You guys want to do a little scene from the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Paul, you are our guest. You've, uh, (laughs) you've got the, your number one draft pick. Choose wisely. Who would you like to be? Oh, uh, well, wait, what's the scene? Well, it's going to involve the three guys. So, okay. All right. Um, (laughs) Quinter Hooper or Brody. 
I'll be I'll be Hooper. Okay. He goes Dreyfus. I'll, right. I'll be Brody. You'll be Brody. I want to be the chief. Okay. <laughs> makes sense. This casting makes sense. And I'll be uh, I'll be Quint. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we have a scene mm-hmm. where they talk about the dog's death? Then. <laughs> <laughs> on the boat. Sure. They're okay. on they're on the boat. They're uh, they're drinking. You know. Little bloodshed and mayhem the sharks caused. Uh, so far, this shark has taken several lives, and I don't count on being the latest. <laughs> um, I just have to say that my son was really upset about the dog's death. The dog. Was there a dog? Yeah. Uh, Jasper. Your dog? Jasper. Your, your no, dog was dog. killed? There was a neighborhood dog. Your that dog always looks me right in the with. eye. Your your dog knew this dog. My dog was really good friends with this dog named Jasper. Jasper is the dog that died. My dog's name is Clint. <laughs> That's a terrible dog name. Clint? Clint. 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 Is it Clint or Clint? Do you hear the T? Sometimes might, I do and sometimes I don't. It might be there. Because you've been calling me Quinn the whole time. My name is Quint. Uh, that can't be right. No, you have. That's not a real name. Nope. Quint's not a real name. Mm, I don't think so. Chief family name goes back generations. If I may. Hey, back up, everybody. Back up. Sometimes people go by their last names. It's an affectation that happens, and they can't control it. Well, I just go by my title, so. Don't listen to Hooper. Is that your first name? <laughs> okay. Okay. You see what he's doing? He's calling me by my last name because people call him by his last name. Tie me a knot, rich boy. Another one? This guy with the knots. Oh, here we go. All right. You didn't say what kind of knot you wanted, so it's the bunny ears. I gave you my shoe. Yeah, those are good bunny ears. Uh, I, I should probably call my wife. Tell her we're, we're okay. What, on a cell phone? We don't, we don't have a phone on this boat. Well, I brought oh. my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that. Now it's overboard. The movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Starring Goldie Hawn and, and Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yes, it's just like Overboard. You know, there are a couple in real life. Now, I do know that, but they've never married. Did you know that that's a movie about a... A woman who has a, a brain damage and a man takes advantage of her. <laughs> Convinces her to. It sounds like something have you'd have a real her. problem with, it's Chief. Really fun. <laughs> holds up. <laughs> really holds up. All right, and see. I really could have listened to that Dreyfus forever. Uh, that Dreyfus was so good. Have you done Dreyfus before? Uh, not much. Every <laughs> once in a while. And the hands, too. We did. Oh, I was doing. I, I didn't even realize I was doing stuff with my hands. That's just me. <laughs> but I, I realized that when I do podcast ads, I like do that thing with my hands, where, like I'm emphasizing words. Oh, it makes so it go by funny. faster somehow. <laughs> the last time I, I've only ever done Dreyfus on stage when I was doing um, 
my variety show at Largo back in the day, the Paul F. Tompkins show. And I used to do this thing called Google Voice Theater. Yes. When yeah. Google Voice first came it, – oh, it's still terrible by the way. But uh, <laughs> I was so enamored of the the the, transcri- the, ba- the terrible transcriptions of Google Voice that I would take famous movie scenes and then play <laughs> them into my phone um, and then we would act out the the – poorly translated thing and I did um, the scene from Jaws where uh, they're in front of the defaced billboard so mm-hmm. it's Brody and Dreyfus and um, uh, the mayor and it was me Matt Gorley and my uh, friend the late Stephen Dunham and we did that scene as it went through Google Translate uh, and that was the only time I've done Richard Dreyfus on stage and it's people so really enjoyed good. it there's something that's vaguely embarrassing about it to me and I don't know what it what? is it's so It's good. a really good one. It feels embarrassing. Can you hear that particular one on the Pod F Tomcast? Yes, I think yep. that one is on the on the Pod F Tomcast. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And Which can, is all, all the episodes are still up if people want to get it. They're still up? Yeah. For free? For free? All right. Go nope. to Apple Podcasts. No paywall. Yeah. yeah. No paywall. <laughs> <laughs> no, take it. <laughs> Fantastic podcast with uh, typical rambling PFT monologue. That's right. Conversation with Southie. That's right. Uh, Jen Kirkman. That's right. As well as uh, sketches from uh, your live show at Largo. That's right. And also the great Undiscovered Project. That's right. You know, were the, all the recurring segments on that wonderful podcast. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to promote? This is going to come out on uh, September 27th. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, the only thing that's going to be happening is I will be in Brooklyn, uh, November 11th and 12th with Spontaneous Nation and, uh, with Super Ego and Spontaneous Nation respectively. Okay. Ooh. As of this recording, those shows are all sold out, but. You never know. Um, you never know. People need to unload tickets. They're not good at managing their time. And they think they can do a thing, but they bit off more than they could chew. <laughs> and then they need to get their money back. Um, and I would also like to say. This is my final thought. Okay. <laughs> and I will stop talking after this. Okay. You guys, uh, you can say whatever you want. You could uh, talk shit about me right in front of my face. I won't say a word. I can't wait. When I worked at Tower Video, I was behind the counter one day, and the movie 2010, The Year We Made Contact, was playing. Mm-hmm. Roy Scheider, one of sure. the stars of that film. This guy who was checking out looked up at the screen, saw Roy Scheider, and said, Oh! Yet further proof that Roy Scheider is the worst actor in Hollywood. And I want to say that man was wrong in a terrible way. (laughs) And I sincerely hope that he is dead and in the ground. And it was Richard Dreyfuss. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> that is wow. so good. Wow. Who he's was... wonderful in 2010. He's fucking, he's great. Roy <laughs> a great actor. Have you seen All That Jazz, Carla? Never. Oh, I just watched it again recently. How does that hold up? It holds up okay. It. Th- th- I feel like funny. it starts out great. Yeah. And then the song at the end, the Bye Bye Life yeah. <laughs> number for really lasts time. forever. Yeah. But it's such a cool movie, and yeah. and he delivers an amazing performance. He's so good. He's there's, Bob Fosse, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of great um, uh, numbers in it, and uh, it, it's yeah. I I think it's 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 worth seeing. It's I, worth. I want to see it. It's a I've flawed film to, to be it. sure. Yeah. If you know, I, I have it, I can it. loan it to you. Oh, okay. You can walk out the door with it today. Oh, boy. <laughs> You'll be leaving with Bob Fosse's <laughs> All That Jazz. If you're familiar with Paul Abdul's cold-hearted video, I mm-hmm. think you'll see the uh, <laughs> right. the source of that video. Cold-hearted snake? Cold-hearted okay. snake, yes. All right. Oh, there's the bell. 
There's the bell. Uh, Carla, anything for you to promote? You're, you're, uh, you're now living in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> it's going great. Um, no, I've got nothing right now. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Jaws, of course, number 50 on the list. One of four movies that were Best Picture nominees from 1975 on the list. Next up, I have one of four nominees on the list that were Best Picture nominees from 1974. We've already covered Lenny. Uh, and this is, uh, this is one of two Francis Ford Coppola movies oh. from 1974 that were Best Picture nominees. This stars John Cazale and, uh, who else is in it? Harrison Ford, Robert Duvall, um, uh, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, Cindy <laughs> Williams is in Ford. it. Uh, Frederick Forrest is in it. Uh, but of course, one of the great all-time performances on screen, Gene Hackman oh. as Harry Call in The Conversation. conversation. Uh, I've seen this. Uh, yeah? Do you yeah. remember liking it? I liked it. Okay. I like Gene Hackman. He's <laughs> very cute. <laughs> <laughs> This is a little late in the episode to reveal your crush on Gene Hackman. Well, heartthrob Gene Hackman. I can't be the only one out there. Even you when are. he was sadistic little Bill and Unforgiven? Oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> is that uh, on your list? Yeah, we did Unforgiven and she hated it. Yeah. I bet I wouldn't like it. I bet it wouldn't hold up for me if I saw it again. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. Why are we going out on this? I'm sorry, that's my fault. Of these guys hanging up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so join us next week as we talk about the conversation starring Supreme Hottie, Gene Hackman. (laughs) The list is an absolute good. The list is life.